We're back. Season three of 3ND is here. We are so excited. My name is Dave Levitt. That's the D. This week's three. Who on the Raptors are we watching and what storylines are we excited about with the local team from the six? Then we kind of branch out and look at the Eastern Conference storylines. And then we take a little bit of a detour into the West and find out which teams we're staying up late to watch. Now, as usual, neighbor Brandon is in the co-host chair back for another season. But we have a guest this week, a very special guest, Chris Walder, host of the Walder Sportscast and uh, so many other places you can find him on Twitter. So please sit back, relax, and let us walk you through three big stories for the upcoming NBA season. I would have horns, but I just don't, I can't afford the, the lawsuit from Tim and friends. So I, you know, we're very, very excited. Season three of three and D is back. You know him, you love him. He's literally my neighbor. It's neighbor, Brandon. Brandon, what's up? What I do, what I do. How's it going, man? Oh, uh, good, man. You know, just getting geared up for the NBA season here. Um, my my appearances on the show this year may be uh, you know a little sporadic because uh, my wife and I are actually expecting a new addition to the family. Hey! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like bringing in a sixth man. Nice. Exactly. Good job. Good job. New, new, new draft pick, right? Um, yeah, if they're is. if they're not into basketball, I'll send them down the river in a, in a little boat. <laughs> down they go. Down they go. Oh man, that's exactly. Awful. And yet, you know, I know your 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 wife will uh, will will understand. She'll she she'll get on board. She's a she's a baller herself. Yeah, this, we're we're a basketball family through and through. So yeah, exactly. yeah. And there's no choice. There's no choice. But Brendan, I'm really excited because speaking of number one draft picks and speaking of additions, we have a guest this week. Mm. Um, a man who is you know I think a really great follow on Twitter. If you don't follow him on Twitter, you you should. Um, the host of the Walder Sportscast. It's Chris Walder. Chris, join, welcome to the show. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure. It's an honor. Thank you guys so much for having me. And Brandon, man, congratulations on uh, having a baby. That's awesome to hear, bud. Thanks, brother. Like, uh, I, I didn't even tell Dave. Like, I'm actually telling him for the first time right now. So yeah, that is true. <laughs> I, I'm, his, I'm his next turn. Well, that's good, though, because you know, now I know in, like, you know, However many months, I'm gonna to have to soundproof the windows because of all the, the the crying and the and the things that are going on. And then you know, also I'll have to get them a baby gift because Brandon will be the one that's crying so much. Yeah, I wear a size uh, extra large jersey, so you know, like uh, <laughs> the the baby will grow into it, but you know, yeah, yeah, we'll it's, fine. it's fine. It's it's a family gift. It's a it's it's a, a generational generational yeah. gift. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing. All right, well, guys, I, I'm I'm excited. I wanted to just jump right in because we have so much to talk about. Um, let's start with the Raptors. Let's start with um, the the, the I, I want to say it's like the evolution of the team because last year I think everyone, Brandon and I, are on tape. You can go back and check it. Um, we were kind of saying last year was a transition year, probably a rebuilding year. Chris, you were probably on that board, on boat as well. But everyone, when we watched the Raptors last year, they they really kind of went off, right? They kind of they kind of exceeded expectations. So realistically, and we'll start with you, Chris, since you're our, our first guest. Um, what what what's this season going to look like for the Raptors? Like, what what are we? What are some of the pieces you're looking at uh, in terms of development or even you know expectations? Uh, honestly, when it, for the Raptors this season, I feel like most of it just needs to be a continued ascension upon last season, continuing to build on what kind of formulated in 2021, 2022. I think a lot of that is going to ride on the shoulders of Scotty Barnes, who I think a lot of us will say kind of greatly exceeded expectations. I, I know I was one of those guys who on social media kind of ripped that draft pick apart. I was I was team Jalen Suggs that year, and that was mostly because I was going off the analysis of people that were in the know in college basketball. I'm not a college basketball guy, so when Scotty got picked – I was a little bit, you know, flabbergasted and I, I didn't really understand it at the time. But then, you know, fast forward, you know, to the end of the season, the guys winning rookie of the year. I think a lot of the, a lot of times, you know, you worry about that sophomore slump. Did Barnes set the bar too high? Maybe he won't be able to match or even exceed the, the kind of the production that he had in his first year. So I think whether or not the Raptors can kind of get over that, you know, the 48 win hump, get past the first round, um, which they were unfortunately unable to do against Philly. 
you know, I think a lot of that's going to ride on Scotty Barnes. And again, just the continued development of, of other guys within the roster. Are we going to see Precious Achua take that next step? You know, is OG Ananobi someone who people have been, you know, calling for a breakout season for several seasons now? Is he going to take that leap? Is Pascal Siakam still going to be all NBA? Is Van Vliet going to be an all-star again? Like, there's just so many factors involved, but... I'm excited to see what this team ultimately turns out to be. I think the the best thing about the offseason was is that they didn't make too many in-house changes. It's essentially the same roster as last year with the exception of adding Otto Porter Jr., who improves the perimeter defense, is a three-point shooter, obviously loves Toronto, and has that championship pedigree with the Warriors. So I think there's a lot to be excited about this year, but uh, the Eastern Conference is, is so deep, it's going to be a battle. Brandon. Yeah, uh, just to build on what. Go ahead and top that. No, well, geez, that was us. But like, you know, just to build on what Chris said, um, it's great that we got, we were able to bring back the same team. Like I know a lot of other teams are just, you know, crumbled after their offseason debauchery. Like look at the Jazz. Do you think the Jazz are going to make the playoffs this year? I don't think so. But like, uh, you know, you get a guy like Otto Porter who has that championship pedigree. Um, you add a guy like uh, Bo Cruz, everybody's favorite movie star. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and just the eye test, looking at a couple um, preseason games. Like, I watched the the Boston game last night or Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. Yeah. Um, you know, Delano Banton looked real good. He looked real comfortable shooting that. You know, pull up Jay. Um, and this guy Jeff Downton. He's he's looking like a serviceable backup, but like you know what I mean. I could be. It's just preseason, that, based on nothing really. Yeah, but um, I think Downton's a garbage time guy. To be honest, I don't I don't see him getting meaningful minutes. In- yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you know, so the preseason, uh, the preseason just really fools you like that. Yeah, yeah. But um, I want to see Gary Trent this year take a step forward and be more consistent. Like his defense was elite last year. We all saw it, right? So. You know, keep that up. Um, I, w- I don't want to see Fred Van Fleet being run into the ground by February. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with I'd you. like to see Scotty take over that uh, point guard, point forward assignment a little bit. Um, you know, Gary will do it. See, well, I don't know if we'll see Banton in the regular season starting, or you know, but he'll he'll be a serviceable backup. We we'll see Malachi Flynn too. So yeah. you know. I mean, there's so, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting pieces down the bench. Um, yeah, I think that they have some some. It's hard to say depth because you just don't know what you have, right? Like it's not depth only matters, uh, or it's only can, can we consider depth if you actually can use it and it's consistent. So we'll see. I think the development train has to keep rolling to what you said, Chris, about the 48 win plateau, and you know a lot of things went right for the Raptors last year. Um, you know, we had guys who like a Barnes exceeding everyone's expectations. Um, I think uh, even Pascal, like Pascal started off slow and then came on like a train. So hopefully that, that consistency. Yeah. And we've been hearing, we've been hearing positive things throughout the off season yeah, about yeah, yeah. Pascal, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, those runs, the, the Rico runs are, 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 are a thing. Uh, so yeah. Chris, my question to you is, does this team have real depth? Like we have a Chua and we have Boucher and we I mean pretty sure once Otto Porter Jr. comes back, we know what he is. And Thad Young seems to have got the system. But do we have depth in the right spots? Like like to Brandon's point about Van Vliet getting run down and then breaking down. Like we have to protect him and his his uh his usage for like a better way to put it. So do, does this team have enough depth in that way? Or do you think that that's still that they have to still figure that out? Well, I think that was the big the big thing with getting Otto Porter Jr. on. You needed that extra wing, especially someone who could stretch the floor. Um, he obviously didn't play in the preseason. He was hurt, so his health will be a priority this uh, this coming campaign. Uh, I think the big one, uh, especially – I saw certain Raptors media personalities tweet about this during the preseason, was that the Raptors didn't necessarily address the backup point guard position. And I think that was evident when they were playing the Celtics and, and you saw Boston's backup being Malcolm Brogdon, who we all just recently discovered was interested in coming to Toronto. And that was kind of a, yeah, it was a, a, bit a of tough a pill to swallow. I don't know. What, yeah, that, I mean, he would have been a nice fit, you know, culture wise and just skill set wise um, to be on Nick Nurse's team. Obviously didn't play out that way. 
but I think the, the the most important thing I took away from the preseason, and, and I think this kind of correlates with the, with the depth problem, was the play of Delano Banton. I mean, he was looking aggressive. He was out there for substantial minutes, and again, it's preseason, and you're giving these end of bench guys, a, you know, a second, third, and fourth look. But if he can kind of step up and and be that primary backup to Van Vliet, because Nurse and, and Masai were saying. Hey, we, we really need to cut down on Van Vliet's workload. Like, we can't be putting this guy out there for 38, 39, 40 minutes a night, no. not just due to his stature, but we can't run this guy into the ground. And then all of a sudden, who's who's our point guard? I mean, the, the Raptors, one of their strengths is having a roster full of guys who can bring the ball up the court. But how many of those guys are true facilitators, true, you know, raiders of the floor? Hopefully, Scotty can get to that point. But I, I really would like to see Delano get a little bit more pull. Uh, Nick Nurse has this tendency to like if a guy is struggling early, if he misses the first a few shots and you know turns the ball over, he gets a quick yeah, it's hole. a quick and, quick hook, yeah, yeah. And Delano will be you know back on the second unit and, and he won't be heard of again. I mean, I, <laughs> ideally, it, it, Malik. Yeah, you were saying no. It's great to have a six eight point guard coming off the bench, right? <laughs> like that's that'll be that'll be so helpful for us. But uh, sorry, go on. You're saying no, because I, 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 ideally you would like Malachi Flynn to have a, a bigger role too. It's just when you have two backup point guards and and they're both or two point guards in Van Vliet and Malachi and they're both undersized. Like, I mean, let's yeah. let's be real in this yeah. you know modern NBA where point guards are getting bigger and you're you know Banton you know six eight guy. That's why you know Flynn. We we all saw his uh, escapades during the uh, the summer. The guy was dropping <laughs> yeah. seventy point games. Uh, 70 in, you know points. these rec games. Uh, he won't be doing that. Yeah, he won't be doing that during the NBA season, obviously. But I I, I like this team's depth. I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of Achua. Obviously, maybe at one point we'll see him get tra- transition into the starting lineup. I think maybe around, you know, come February when that trade deadline comes, we'll see if the Raptors need to make another acquisition to add to their depth. But right now I'm I'm not at all concerned. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in on this one and say a couple of things and Brandon I'll, I'll let you have the last word on the on the Raptors before we move on. But yeah. I guess I think um you have to here here's my thinking and I and, I, and maybe I'm just over analyzing, overthinking, but you know, that's what guys in uh, doing podcasts do. So I think you got to play Flynn a little bit more. And the only reason I'm saying you have to play Flynn is more, you got to make him so that he's somewhat attractive as an asset because otherwise this asset is just done and you're going to, you're going to, you're just going to pay him and he's going to sit and then he'll be done at the end of the year. He's a guy that you're going to want to use as salary ballast in that deal that, that you talked about, Chris, because I think you're going to need to make a trade. The Eastern conference, and we're going to talk about them in a minute, but the Eastern conference is loaded. And I don't see this as a team that, that, that to me, dominates any matchups now they're really good they're a good team i like gary Trent jr i like the things um but i think you're definitely going to need something else someone else on this team come february and when that happens malachi you want to make sure that he's he's you know somewhat of an asset i'm not saying you have to give him you know minutes in a tight game all the time but i think you got to play him a bit to, just to show that he can he's serviceable and then to the other point is yeah, we have a lot of guys who bring up the ball, but to your point, and I think the, the point about Banton that I haven't seen him yet is can he be a half-court initiator? Can he run a half-court offense the same way Fred can? Because yeah, when, the, yeah, when games yeah. get tight, you need a guy who can run a half-court offense, and Pascal and Scotty haven't shown that yet, even though they can definitely get the offense going in, in transition. You need a guy who can set it up, and you know, we've got 14 seconds on the clock. Can he execute a play? And the only guy on the team that I've seen do that is Fred. So, Brandon, I'll throw it back to you and give you the last word on the Raptors. Yeah, um, on one name that nobody mentioned here in the past, you know, 10 minutes is OG Ananobi. Like, I remember he was involved in a little bit of trade talk last year. So, again, Dave, uh, what you said for the trade deadline, like, if OG is just not producing, then, you know, what do we have to do, right? So, you, we do have to... Uh, show that Malachi Flynn is a serviceable point guard in today's NBA. And if things go awry by the trade deadline, like, like if the team's chugging along, like with like a over 600 win percentage, like do you do something? Maybe probably not. But if we're, you know, struggling and stumbling, then I I think a a package has to be made depending on who's performing and who's not, you know? So it all goes, it all goes, it all have to see what's going on. Um, You know, I'm just looking at 538 odds right now, and they give the rapper the Raptors a 50 and 32 record. 
What do you guys think about that? Uh, Chris, I'll, I'll let you take the first crack at this one. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a fair as, assessment. I mean, again, the only worry that I have is that the Eastern Conference depth is a lot greater yeah. than what it was in years past. I think the way to get to that 50 wins too will be, you know, once we start getting into like the, the winter months, when teams start to realize, hey, maybe going for the play-in isn't ideal in this upcoming summer where the draft is so top-heavy and, you know, it, why be kind of like a middle-of-the-pack team when we can really start making a, a strong push to get like a top three pick and what's going to be uh, what people are dubbing like an all-time draft yeah. with uh, Wembyama and uh, and Scoot Henderson and a couple of other guys who are, are top-tier talents. Um, I think 50... I, that's kind of where I have the Raptors pegged as 50, 50 wins. I, I don't see them really going above and beyond that because, again, I think there's going to be a lot of teams grouped uh, near the top of the standings, kind of similar to what it was last season. I think Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly all finished with the, the same record uh, yeah, in the standings, yeah. and the Raptors weren't too far behind. So I, I see it kind of being clumped together once again. But 48 to 50 wins is, is totally fair uh, for the Raptors, especially considering they just had a 48-win campaign. Um, yeah. So, sorry. Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. No, no, Brandon. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say. So, like, fifty. I'd, I'd say forty-eight is our like, you know, acceptable. Like, you know, it, this is a A season. You know, to get an A plus season, you get fifty plus, and I think anything under forty-eight is just like, uh, like. No. Eh. See, see, this is where we're, we're gonna disagree. I don't see the Raptors winning. Uh, I think they're gonna be touch and go to get to the back to the end forty-eight, and not because it's worse, but because the teams around them are better. And so the teams that you would beat up on last year, at least in the Eastern Conference, and that's all I'll use this as a segue to get into there, is you would beat up on Orlando. Well, Orlando's actually a better team than they were the last couple of years. And when they, you know, um, Ben Carroll's has proven to me, at least in the in the in the preseason, well, again, you know, to temper everything. But Orlando's a better team there; they're a little bit deeper. And it pains me to say this because, as you know, Brandon, Orlando sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Orlando's always catching catching them, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, they're well they're well deserved. Well deserved. I'm sorry. This is the you know. Anyway. Um Chris, when you go back and then you listen if you go back and you listen to any of the episodes, you'll you'll see how much I love Orlando. Um both We don't talk about Orlando, man. We Orlando I love Orlando because of Disney World. And you know, I'm going back there uh, to Florida to get married in December. But in terms of the magic, my, it was funny. We, my fiance and I went out yesterday, and she was like, "Oh, we should see if the uh, you know the Orlando Magic are in town. Maybe the Raptors will play them in December, and we can catch a game." And I'm like, "Babe, I don't care if it's the Raptors that are in Orlando. We're not going to pay to see the Magic." Like, <laughs> I, I, yo, I don't know yo, what, what it is like, about them. What if it's like five, ten dollars US? So that's like what, like 150 Canadian? Like it's still not worth it. True, 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 true. No, I'm just kidding. Yo, the magic. I like Jalen Suggs. Uh, shout out to Draw the North. She sent me like this beautiful artwork of like Scotty Barnes and Jalen Suggs, which I still haven't hung up in my apartment yet because I, I don't know where to put it. But I like Orlando. They have like Paolo Benchero is probably going to be a rookie of the year. Like they got some pieces, but yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. the aura of the magic. I can't stand. Uh, I yeah. just can't stand. I just can't stand Orlando. The the, the team. The, the county, the, just get the fuck out of here. Anyway. Just um, Florida in general. Just, I'm not an Orlando guy. Although, ironically enough, Brandon and I are going to be, uh, uh, this will become the official podcast of uh, Tourism Orlando. So there you go. Yeah. Along with Utah, right, Brandon? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Don't get me started. Anyway. Anyway, um, the Eastern Conference is, I, I don't see the Raptors winning more than 40, uh, 48 games. I think that'd be, that, I think that's, that, that, that would be, to me, the A-plus season, if you can repeat what you had last year, because the teams around you are better. They're just, they're just better. Like, look at our division. Look at, look at the, 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 and we'll use this to get into it and what you guys think, but look at the Eastern, or the Atlantic Division, sorry. You've got Boston. That's a very good team. Went to the finals. And they got better because they got Brogdon and they and their bench depth is a little bit better. You've got um, the Brooklyn, who, you know, is a wild card. If those guys play with a chip on their shoulder and that's the thing that binds them together, we still know that that team is a good team. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not maybe not championships or busts, but that's a very, very good team, right? You, you've got um, us. You have uh, – who am I forgetting here? You've got the Knicks, who, you know, let's be honest. Brandon, you know my love of the New York Knicks goes runs deep, but yeah, yeah, that's the only team I think in the division that you can safely beat up on. Right? I, even even then, it's like you know, nothing's guaranteed. No, nothing's guaranteed. No, so 
Washington, you can, you can, you can, I still, the, the only teams in the Eastern Conference I see this, like, still, like, okay, cannon fodder are Washington and maybe, maybe, um, you know, Charlotte takes a step back because they don't have oh, they're taking a step and back. they got a new coach and all those things. Like, maybe, <laughs> but like the Eastern Conference is loaded. So let me ask you guys, what storylines are you looking at? What teams are you looking at in the Eastern Conference? Brandon, you go first and then we'll come to you, Chris. Uh, in the East, I'm really, really curious about the Brooklyn Nets. Like, I just want to see the Ben Simmons. Like, do you remember how hyped up last year I was for uh, Ben Simmons to return to Philly? Yeah. And, and, it, and he, he bitched out of it. Like, it's still claiming, like, the injury, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I was so pissed. But, like, yo, I called it, like, months before. Did we? Yeah. No, that's you know what I'm saying? Like, so. Yeah, in fairness. And, and this is pretty funny because uh, uh, if you. If you've been listening to the show at all, listeners, then you know that Brandon and 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 Ben and Ben Simmons have a love hate relationship because you love you love the player. I know you this. I know you. No, no, no. It's it's just hate. hate. No, I, I got to give credit where credit is due. You know, Ben Simmons is was, has when shown he on, when he was he, on. You you were a fan. Yeah, he's shown flashes of greatness, but just the off court stuff and like. You know, just him being a diva, I, I can't, I can't deal with that shit. I'm a blue collar guy, and he's the exact opposite of a blue collar guy. But anyway, yeah. Um, listen, the Brooklyn Nets, I want to see it work. And this year, again, Ben Simmons has reiterated, I can't wait to see them, them being Philly, in Philly, right? Oh my god, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna look at the schedule and try and plan to actually go there to the Wells Fargo Center. Because my oh, wife yeah. and I were talking about doing a shopping trip to Pennsylvania, right? Because no tax yeah. on clothes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, yo, if that manages to work out, oh my god, I will be there, and I will be, <laughs> I'll be, soaking up all sort all Ben Simmons tears. Like, yes, yes, give it to me. Mm. <laughs> uh, Chris, first of all, you can respond to the to the Ben Simmons love or uh, if you want, and then also, where, where are you looking? I, I can't I can't go too harsh on Ben Simmons. I already kind of ripped him a new one. I was one of the thousands that uh, saw that air ball that he shot during that uh, outdoor. Uh, oh, the outdoor practice thing. <laughs> yeah. Look, I would have done the same thing. I don't know why I did that, but it's just fun. It's like you know, everyone rags on Ben Simmons. The guy can't shoot, but the guy can still put my ass at basketball. So I oh yeah, really for sure. You were sure. about that. I mean, you guys um, speak for yourself, guys. As the old man of the group, you guys speak for yourself. I I got old man. I got old man gym strength. I got YMCA old man lean on the strength. That's what I got. Oh my god! And then you're like so sweaty. Nobody wants to guard you. <laughs> <laughs> you guys One of those seen, guys. You guys ever seen that movie? Um, uh, something about Polly. Yeah. 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 You'd be surprised the amount of like classic movies I've not seen. I don't know if that kind of qualifies for that. Well, that's but, definitely yeah, you not don't want to know about my not, No, but um, no, it's like it's like a, a, a old fat sweaty dude posting up Ben Stiller or something, right? Yeah, and then he just then oh, he goes okay. up and he just rubs his his yeah, and like this. Oh, it's like dripping. Oh my god, yeah. that was gross. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, and Chris, you're welcome for you're, you're lucky you have, you don't have that image in your mind. Yeah, it's not no, anymore. Anyway, like damn man, like that's I'm gonna be a. Uh, Thinking about that big sweaty guy uh, backing up Ben Stiller for the rest of the day. So thanks yeah. for that, bud. You're welcome. You're- <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, just to answer your question um, about like Eastern Conference kind of like teams I'm keeping an eye on. Like, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like Brooklyn's going to kind of be like an interesting roster to, to watch because obviously we were on the brink of that team kind of blowing it up this summer. Kyrie was requesting a trade, as was Kevin Durant, but now they're all back together, and they, they did add some lesser pieces, and obviously Ben Simmons is back into the fold. That's just going to be how those three kind of cooperate on the court. Is Ben going to have similar struggles to what he's had in the past, and is that going to affect his on-court relationship anyway with KD and Kyrie Irving? So, And then, again, is I feel like Steve Nash is one of those coaches that's going to be on the hot seat for a majority of the season. Like he, he might be one of those low key picks to be like the first coach to lose his job, especially if Brooklyn struggles out of the gate. So keep that's an eye on that. That's interesting um, that you say. Yep. I have Steve Nash as the as the guy they're going to tie the can to as an excuse when this doesn't work. Yeah. Right. No. Of they're, course. Of they, course. They have they have chewing gum and chicken wire this this roster back together based on the fact that, like, nobody really wants to be there. Um, Durant can talk all he wants about how old they worked it up. They didn't work on anything. They basically called your bluff because they're like, you can sit. We don't care. Sit sit over there. <laughs> well, you know, like, 
he's not going to do that because he's too competitive a guy and he's not going to, he doesn't want to be seen, but he wants out. Like he, we know he wants out, Chris. So I mm-hmm. think you're right. I think Steve Nash, all the other thing is I can see Steve Nash getting fired if they go on a, like if they start off hot and they get a good, you know, get a good start. I'm going to even say like, you know, like 10 and four. And then if they go in the, t- if they go on a slide and they are back to like 500 or dip below 500 after that start, I think Steve Nash is gone and they go and look for a quote unquote proven coach who can pull it together. And Frank Vogel's just sitting there. I'm just saying Frank Vogel doesn't have a job. He's waiting. The boss, the, to me, the Boston Celtics should have picked him up, but whatever. There's, right. there's a guy st- sitting right there with a, with a recent championship ring and a guy who's known to coach superstars. He's waiting right there. So I think if they get out to a slow start or if they tail off at some point, I think you're right. I think Nash is gone. Yeah, um, they, in they, terms they of like more, uh, uh, let's go. Let's uh, Chris respond and then we'll give it to Brandon. Yeah, yeah. Just, in, in terms of like a more like standard basketball uh, approach to like which team I'm like pretty fascinated by, and it pains me to say this because like their fan base, with all due respect, and I, I mean that very loosely because their fan base nearly kicked me off Twitter during the playoffs, is the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, uh, bless their hearts, but I, I think the reason why I'm so like kind of invested in their progress this season is because. They've always been that team that, like, we always kind of qualify as like this Eastern Conference powerhouse, but yet that they're still trying to get to the Eastern Conference finals, get over that hump, get to the NBA finals. And now you have James Harden going all in, seems very invested health wise in terms of what he's uh, needed, what the team needs for him um, to be that number two guy. Uh, obviously, we kind of saw like what appeared to be a shell of himself. Uh, during the postseason he's obviously not the James Harden of like Houston times where the guy could drop 40 in his sleep he obviously has to adapt his game better but I really like what kind of the Sixers did over the offseason like they they got some backup depth for for Embiid Montrezl Harrell has his deficiencies as a defender but offensively you know what you're going to get from him on a night-to-night basis PJ Tucker you know Raptors legend uh still in the league doing the dirty work uh making good money doing that as a as a wing defender and just kind of like a brute force uh small ball five uh which fully can run some really interesting lineups out there and then DeAnthony Melton one of like the more unheralded pickups of the offseason like I think Philly has finally has a roster where they could say and maybe it's not entirely true, but like it's like championship or bust. Like, how many more seasons can they go no. with this kind of core? You, and I mean, right, it's going to take right. a lot to get rid of Joel Embiid and kind of give up on that. But at the same time, it's like how how much longer can we keep this kind of like top tier core together and not get to a certain point without making drastic changes? I don't think it's mm-hmm. the head coach's fault. I don't think it's like Joel Embiid's fault. But I think this is the season, and we talked about the depth in the Eastern Conference, but Philly, if they don't get past the second round again, what becomes of this team? Like, I really have them, like, going far. I have them in my Eastern Conference finals, if we were to make predictions about that. But again, if they don't get to that point, what kind of offseason changes will we see, if any at all? Uh, that's a that's a great point. And Brandon, uh, why don't you come in and weigh in? What... what uh... What do you think of the of Philly and then and their situation? You were going to say something about Brooklyn, and then I'll let you pick your team that you're you're watching. No, no, I was going to say, uh, you know, uh, with the Sixers, I agree with everything Chris just said. As far as Embiid goes, like he obviously needs more help. Um, that's why they got Harden. Um, Tobias Harris is still there. Uh, a good pickup was uh, Trez. I, I'm a big fan of Trez, like his intensity and stuff to really uh, back up that second unit. You know what I mean? But um, as far as them in the future, I don't. If they don't win this year, I don't. I don't understand. Like they say, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and getting the same result and not making any changes. Like, well, I I I, I probably fucked that up. That saying, yeah, but like yeah. you know what I'm trying to say. Like I know what you're saying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna add to that though, because you and I have talked about this. I think, I think, Chris, you're right. I think Brandon, you're, you're, you're bang on. I think the additions. I like the D'Anthony Melton uh, pickup. I think it's like you said. I think it's underrated. I think people are kind of sleeping on it because it's not a, a big name, but it's a guy who can play. Um, and then to your point, Brandon, I, I, it would be crazy to bring this all back, but I think what they're going to, I think they're locked into this core for the next two seasons. This is the team that they have. If they drop the ball, don't make it. And I'm not. I, I don't mean like Eastern Conference Finals. Fine, but if you don't, if you don't go seven, 
six or seven in the Eastern Conference Finals, then I say it's over for Doc Rivers. I think he's done. Because you just can't keep bringing back the same team and you just can't keep bringing back the same coach. You need a different voice. And I think that they would – I mean, they loaded up on um, – Daryl Morey loaded up on, on assistant coaches in the last couple of years. Like, he's got, like, a bunch of guys who are former head coaches. That that, that team is primed. So if you can't fit – if you can't close it, if you can't close, you know, the championship deal, then I think it's over, Brandon. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And Embiid has – you know he's he's got his window of of his physical abilities. Like how long can he last physically in this league? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean his 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 his. You know, especially playing alongside. We know that this. Um, and I hate to be you know reductive of of someone as great as James Harden, but we also know that James Harden, his fitness and and commitment to to keeping himself in shape varies as the as the season and the team goes. Right. He got he goes from Houston. To, to Brooklyn, he takes a week off. He goes, you know, gets in the gets in the in the sauna suit, runs a couple laps, Rocky style, and next thing you know, he's he's good to go. Same yeah, slim and, slim and trim out of nowhere. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like the cheeseburger champ was is 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 real. Like, and I'm not <laughs> saying that to be reductive and 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 funny all the time, but I think that there's a there's a commitment. And Embiid has a similar thing. You can tell when it's not going well. Like those guys are not good guys to play poker on the plane with. Because or it's the best guys to play maybe because they 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 can't hide it they yeah. can't hide it they can't hide it so I think you're right um let's go hey, they're, they're like they're like uh they're like my wife if they don't like you you're gonna know you're gonna know about it <laughs> it's you know as, as someone who knows Jane and has lived next door I I, I can tell yeah that's true that's true okay yeah. Chris I want I'm gonna fire uh, wait, I got two teams I want to do rapid fire we'll do them we'll do like literally two thoughts about this team uh, both from both of you and then we'll move on two teams sure. in the Eastern Conference that I want to look at the Atlanta Hawks Chris the hot take go um they're gonna be in the play-in dang okay wow Talk, I, talk. Again, talk, talk. it's another like it's another Eastern Conference like it's such a loaded landscape out there, and they gave up a heck of a lot for Dejounte Murray. I still think they have some depth issues, um, but I think they're like another like two seasons away, and maybe like another piece from being like a top three or four contender in the Eastern Conference. But right now, I think play in is like a safe assumption for them. Okay, all right, uh, Brandon. Uh, one quick take on the Hawks. Uh, sorry, Dejounte Murray is going to be an absolute killer, absolute killer this year. Okay, next to Trey Young. So you you're a little more bullish on them. Um, all right. Well, I I still think they might finish a little bit, you know, still in the play like the playing tournaments seven, eight, nine, ten, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, they they'll be definitely be in the playing tournament. No. Like we're we're finishing ahead of them for sure. Uh, Boston, Brooklyn, Philly. I don't know about that, but okay. Um, Cleveland is my other one, and Brent will we'll reverse it. We'll go Brandon then Chris. Give me your thoughts. Give me a thought on Cleveland. Yo, if um, Donovan Mitchell sucks in Cleveland, it wasn't Utah. It was him. <laughs> okay, all right. And by sucks, you mean like he's going to get twenty six points, but give up like 24? 24? Yeah, like if you're a negative, he, he already is a negative. Like, yo, like you can't have how many nights of shooting 30 to 35% from the field. Like, that's why, yo, every time I had this guy on my fantasy team, this guy always fucked me year after year. I'm like, nah, man, I can't deal with this shit anymore. He's just not consistent. Yeah. No, okay. That's fair. Uh, Chris, thoughts on Cleveland? Uh, like, if you want a hot take about Cleveland, I know. Yeah, hot take. You can just tell me what you think. Can, uh, I said this on Twitter. Well, I have take. a couple. I have a couple thoughts about Cleveland. One, yeah. um, I really hope they kind of develop like a, a rivalry with the Toronto Raptors because I think their two ro- their two rosters kind of clash very well, and it, it's like a, a seven game series that I'd like to see between the two franchises, which oh, doesn't yeah. end with like Lebronto memes. I'm over that <laughs> at this stage of my life. Um, my other take was like I know last year I, I think it was only two of them. What was it Garland and uh, Allen? were all-stars um, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, this year, I actually have uh, Mitchell and Mobley um, being all-stars in the yeah. Eastern Conference this season. So I think it just goes to show how top-heavy uh, Cleveland is where they could have two all-stars last season, and then those two guys don't make it. But then the two other guys, including their sophomore, 
uh, end up being all-stars this season. I really like Cleveland. Uh, I think they're going to be like such a threat uh, in the East. Maybe not to get to the conference finals, but they're going to be like that one team that's like, you know, along with Toronto, where if you see them early, you're going to just dread that experience. I, I really like what they've done. Uh, and that Mitchell trade going all in for him, uh, he might be like that final puzzle piece uh, to get them over the hump. Yeah, I like yeah. I like I like the fit too. Um I like Cleveland a lot. I think there's the team that no one's good. Now my only thing with Cleveland is once you when you have that many guys and Garland is used to being number 1. Yeah, how's how's I want to see how him and Mitchell work together. I want like to see he, that backcourt. But the other thing is you also got um, you know Jared Allen is perfectly fine being, you know, uh, the oh, slightly overpaid for what he's going to bring to them. A guy, but you needed to pay him because you needed to sort of show you were serious. But like, you know, he's fine picking up his points here. The key guy is is Mobley, who is such an interesting piece, and you know, such an interesting. He can shoot outside. He's got a little bit of a handle, but not not not. You're not going to have him initiate the offense. Is he doesn't is he the third guy in this offense? Because to be to me, you would want it. You would want to showcase him a little bit more or give him a bit of more run because you know. He's just got so many different weapons. So it'll be interesting. I think they're going to – honestly, I don't think we're going to be all sold on Cleveland in the first month. But around Christmas, New Year's, and going forward, I think we're all going to be like, oh, this this roster is done pulled together. So I, I you know, shout out to, to Kobe Altman and the, and the team over there. Okay. This is an East Coast or an Eastern Conference podcast. Uh, I can't say East Coast. My wife is from, from Newfoundland, so I can't say that. Uh, but this is an Eastern <laughs> – I get corrected. Um, uh, fact checked. Uh, so the, the 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 truth of it is like what we're looking at here is is a, a an Eastern Conference, an Eastern Time Zone. We we can watch all the games, but like you said, Brandon, you're a working guy. I'm a working guy. Chris, you're a working guy. Staying up late to watch games in the West Coast is not as not as easy to do. So what team are you guys looking at in the West that you're like, okay, I can stay up for that one. I'm gonna stay up for that one. And let's go with you first, Chris. Uh, it's for all the wrong reasons. It's literally the polar opposite of why I should stay up to watch a team. Uh, it's the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> Yo, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's it's just sometimes I, I watch basketball. Like if I'm looking to, to watch like poetic, like beautiful, love of the game basketball, It's I'm not doing it to watch the Lakers. I'm watching like the Denver Nuggets, for example, or I'm watching yes. like the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, the Lakers, though, I'm just like enthralled in like their inner turmoil right now, especially with everything that's going on with Russell Westbrook. And, you know, these 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 videos that you're seeing of him, like isolating himself from like the team's starting lineup entrances or like that clip of, Patrick Beverly pulling his teammates to the side and then Westbrook's like standing at the free throw line being like, uh, you know, in his own little world and whatnot. Um, I, I think because again, these are like the final years. I say that now and he's going to play another decade to play with his kids or something, but like LeBron James, like career is, you know, winding down and we sometimes take that for granted and overlook that. So mm-hmm. again, that's one reason why I would like to see, you know, LeBron and he's still playing at a all elite level. Um, but just everything that's going on, you hear Anthony Davis saying like he wants to play a full season. That's not going to happen because it's Anthony Davis at the end of the day. And, you know, uh, the guy can't stay healthy to yeah, his uh, discretion. Brandon, do you have a – Chris, you got to hear Brandon's name. What's, what's the nickname for you have for, for Anthony Davis? Anthony Data Davis. Data Davis. Data Davis. Oh, I like that one. That's not yeah. bad. I was gonna. I was gonna say. I'm, I'm. I'm harsh on nicknames, but I. I would. I would run with that. that Get that out yeah. on social media, but Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, with the Lakers, like, I mean, w- will they pull the trigger on? Because uh, you know they're so gung ho on not getting rid of their draft picks and those you know an unprotected draft pick like four or five years down the road you know in the lakers possession that's going to be like invaluable currency because i don't think that team is going to be great uh (laughs) once lebron is gone and ad is gone and what have you but you know are they going to realize you know early on maybe we do have to get rid of russell westbrook get whatever kind of assets we can get out of him um, whether it's you know sending him to Indiana and getting the, like that rumored Miles Turner and, and Buddy Heald trade, and you know you have to part with your draft picks, or maybe send him to Charlotte and get like a package of of Hayward and Rozier and some picks or what have you. Like I feel like you know LeBron is, is someone, and we all know LeBron has such an influence over like the decisions that this team makes. When is he just going to be like, all right, this Westbrook thing isn't working? We need to just cut bait now, get what we can, and try and salvage this season. And then again, a lot of it's dependent on how healthy Anthony Davis is and whatnot. Like the Lakers are a team that if they have everything intact, 
and their depth is terrible. Like they're going to give heavy minutes to like a Thomas Bryant, um, unfortunately, because yeah. they just don't have any depth. No, yeah, um, and Austin yeah. Reeves is being blown up as like the savior for the Lakers, which <laughs> I don't get. Um, but yeah, I like it. Like I said, it's one of those teams where it's just like it, it, it's it's so bad, like you can't look away. And maybe they'll like blow me away and exceed my personal expectations for the team but like they're the team like you want to be on social media for like if the lakers are playing at 10 30 eastern time you want your phone open to be on twitter and just talk whether it's like sing their praises or just talk bear shit about this dude yeah yeah no i don't disagree brandon i'm gonna come to you in a sec but i i have to lay in on this uh, this lakers thing because listen we 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 were talking about this uh week uh last year we, we dubbed them the the golden girls because they were, you know, all old, and, and you know, you could you could tie them to all kinds of things. But like, the um, the thing about it is, the Lakers are trying to do two things at once, and and they're literally trying to ride the two horses, you know, at, at the same time. You're trying to protect your draft picks because you know you're going to be terrible. Um, already, you're kind of like a middling team, and which is a weird thing to say when you have, you know, three. Uh, two former MVPs and a guy who should probably have been in the MVP conversation before he got to LA in Anthony Davis. I just think it's one of those things where like that team is trying to hold on to assets because they know they're not going to be good. But you know what? If you sign LeBron and you've got your extension and you're and you've got you know you just push them all in and just just take your chances, right? You're still the LA Lakers. You can still with the cap space throw a ton of money at whatever superstar guy comes out. And you're not the Knicks. It's not like you have bad ownership and you have the, the Dolan factor. You'll just get guys. They've done it every year. That's how they that's how they build. The last time the Lakers have really drafted and developed someone as a superstar was Kobe Bryant. Like, what are we talking about here? Just just you know, just just spend your money. That's what you do. That's that's okay. But if you don't make that the Indiana like I don't care what deal is out there, the only deal that matters is Miles Turner and uh, and Buddy Hield. It solves two of your biggest problems. You can move A D to the four and you get some outside shooting. So I don't care if you have to give up your 27 first round pick, your 29 first round pick, pick swap in 20 in 28, and you know the you know the keys to uh, you know someone's private yacht. You just do it to get rid of them, tie the can, and see you later. And you get that thing because you want to keep the window open for LeBron just a little bit more before he goes off and joins the I don't know Charlotte Hornets and starts playing with his son, you know, uh, like Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr. Okay, Brandon. Your thoughts, Western Conference team, what team are you standing up on? And you can go off on the Lakers, too. Well, I just got a couple here. Well, the Lakers, you know, the Lakers, are, it's, they're they're the meme team. Like, come on. They've been the meme team for, like, three seasons. So, you know, I – it sucks that LeBron's wasting the twilight of his career uh, just basically, again, in a middle league team, like Chris said. But whatever. Like, they'll do – they're going to do what they're going to do. I don't really give a shit. But – I'm really looking forward to seeing John Wall on the Clippers. Like, John Wall's been my guy since Kentucky. So, like, I really want to see him succeed this year. And I want to see him stay healthy. And I want to see that uh, Clippers team do well. But aside from that, you got the Golden State Warriors. And have you guys seen the video of Draymond punching Jordan Poole? Have I seen it? Dude, I had, the, it. I had the TSN 5G spin around multiple angles. I was trying to get on that thing. I was all over that. Chris? Yeah, bro, like... Yo, somebody. I, I felt that shot. It was so hard. <laughs> yeah, like yo, that was a hard fucking hit. Like, you don't you 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 get kicked off the team for that. You know what I mean? You yeah. for smoking. Like, obviously, like shit happens. I get it. Guys can go at each other, but like, yo, <laughs> that's a haymaker, bro. That's like, oh my god, that was a hard fucking punch. But and then and then the extended Jordan Pool. Like, what was the number? Do you guys remember? Like one uh, something. Oh. 140? 140. Yeah, yeah, right? So, Draymond's on his way out. He's got to be on his way out unless he's willing to stay for, you know. No, they, you know they'll keep paying. They don't care about the tax. They'll just keep paying the money. Um, yeah, Chris, what do you think about that whole situation in Golden State? It's one of those things where, like, I think we're kind of blowing it out of proportion right now. Maybe, I mean, we all saw the punch, obviously. I think, you know, the stories of, like, them kind of hashing it out are true. Like, I don't think it's going to be, like, an issue throughout the course of the season. And it's one of those things where it it kind of replicates, and I saw someone do, like, a meme of it. Like, maybe this is the last dance of this iteration of the Warriors because if they lose, you know, they have depth. Like, obviously, Wiggins and Poole are, 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 are stars in their own right. But, like, if you lose Draymond and maybe – 
this is his last year with Golden State. Like, it is like the last dance. Like, this is a core that has won multiple championships together, and it would be sad for them to kind of dissipate at some point. But either way, like, even if they aren't all on the same page, they're just so damn talented that they're probably still going to be like a Western Conference finalist. And they have such like a top top tier support system in management and in head coaching with Myers and, and Steve Kerr that I think even with these like internal issues right now, which are again, are probably blown out of proportion. It's they're still going to be like a contender in the Western conference. And even if they're, if this is their last hurrah, if they go out with a bang by capturing another ring and Draymond does leave because they're not willing to put the money out there for him, or maybe they just realize, Hey, like let's just invest in like the Kamingas and the Wiggins and the pools of the world. Like, that's totally fine. Maybe they have run this course with this uh, trio and Draymond can go to L.A. or wherever the hell he wants to go. But yeah, I, I don't think it's it's really going to be bring the downfall of this franchise like some are pegging it to be. No, I, I, I disagree. Uh, sorry, I agree with you. I disagree with the notion that this is that this is blocking. I do think that there is going to be uh, there that that is one of those. We can't knock for lack of a better term. We can't knock the impact on this because it is. I think I think this will sit in the room. I think yeah, guys can put it put it aside, you know. And Jordan Poole has 140 million reasons to put it aside. He but he ain't going anywhere. Jordan Poole knows his 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 space is secure. I think this is it. I think Draymond. Even I mean, I was saying this a bit last year um, and the year before, but really, I think he's he's reaching peak Rodman. He is now a guy who impacts the game. Uh, without scoring a ton of points and, you know, his stat line is there, but uh, he's also peak Rodman in that he is starting to become a bit more of a, a distraction. Now, is he, you know, running around with Madonna and wearing dresses to part? No, no, no. I don't think anything like that. Yeah. The, not, not so much the off court antics, but like, no, no, but, but that's what I'm saying. Some of the stuff is the, like his whole thing about like, we're the new media, you know, I don't trust the media, but I'm, but dude, you are part of the oldest media there is. You're, you're on the TNT panel. We all know yeah. that the minute you retire, you're walking straight into Charles Barkley's seat. Do you know what I mean? And having beefs with guys, it's like it's just, you know, it, it, it's there. It's 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 there. Um, to your point, Chris, I think he does walk after the season, and I think he ends up. I don't think he ends up in LA. I think he ends up with the Atlanta Hawks because the Atlanta Hawks need a presence like that. You talked about a piece that they need. I think Draymond to Atlanta it just makes a lot of sense. You know, it's just it's just sitting there. It's just waiting to happen, and he gives them an edge and an identity that. You know, I think that they 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 need and, and they go that way. Um, my team that I'm staying up for though, guys, and I want to hear your thoughts. I say this every year. I'm really interested in what Dallas the Dallas Mavericks are doing. My guy Luca Doncic is there. He's he's I think he's in the best shape that we've seen him to start a season. I yeah. like Jamal McGee. I like Christian Wood. If Tim Hardaway Jr. gives you anything, you know, and they signed it. Uh, they signed it. Wow. I sound like my students now. They signed uh, Capazzo, Campazzo as a backup guard, which I think is a nice piece. So I don't know. I, I like Dinwiddie still there. I like that team. Um, Brandon and then Chris, and then we'll uh, we'll move on. Yeah, I, li- I like the Mavs. Um, Campazzo's that like annoying little brother that your mom makes you take to play basketball with. <laughs> but like, no, yo, the guy's the guy's the guy's great. He's in the NBA for a reason. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Honestly, man, I'm just here for the memes. I'm just here for the memes this year. That's all I'm here for. Well, I have that... no expectations for anybody, but just please be entertaining. Like, yo, the the NBA is as exciting as it's ever been this season. True or false? Uh, well, yeah, I think so. Chris, what are you th- your thoughts on that? And what are your thoughts on the maps? I just like the parody of the league. Like when I first, like years ago, when I first started working for the score, um, I, I'm not there anymore, of course, but like when I was covering the league, it was basically a two team race. Like we knew the finals was going to be Cleveland and Golden State. Yeah. Those, now those it's obviously the worst a lot years. different. Yeah. Those are the yeah, worst was, years. It was fine if you were a fan of those two teams, <laughs> but after a while, it just kind of got repetitive and the regular season became obsolete. But now there's like. 10 or 12 teams that you could like realistically maybe maybe less than that but like teams that you could see in the nba finals and that's what i love about basketball is like there's there's just no real rhyme or reason for the way things play out and then you you know those injuries come into effect and and teams exceed expectations they don't live up to the hype like i i really don't feel confident like in my own personal like nba finals predictions and who's going to be a conference finalist but that's why i love the game of basketball and that's why i love this league you never know what you're going to get exactly well, yeah, and the, and uh, it's it's it is entertaining. Um, 
like I said, I'm I'm a little more focused on on court than off court, but you have to see like all the off court stuff because it just keeps it going, keeps the keeps the the content generating machine going. Two quick, we'll do another round of rapid fire with West Coast teams. I got two teams or Western Conference teams. I got two teams for you guys. Uh, Chris, you'll go first, and then uh, Brandon. The first one is the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, losing Karen Jackson, um, like he's such an integral piece of what they're looking to do. I'm such a Desmond Bain guy. Like God, the Raptors dropped the ball by not drafting him. Yeah, <laughs> he would he would be such a he would be such a nice. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like there's so many guys in the past we all know picking Hoffa before Iguodala, or oh, even like a Terrence Ross before an, an Andre Drummond back. Yo, in the day. I j- I just got triggered. Like I didn't think I would have to hear Rafael Rujo's name for the rest of my life, but. Well, God that's damn. what I do, man. I bring up the old school uh, Raptors names. If you follow my Scotty Barnes tweets during the regular season, like true. I'm going to be throwing some op- some weird names out there in the yes. in the fry. Uh, Memphis, like I just I think they put themselves on the map in that Golden State Warriors series. Like they kind of pushed them to the brink, and they were like really physical, and and they're so young. Like they're going to be so good for such a long period of time because you know if they can keep these guys like paid and happy. But yeah, I'm I'm a big Memphis guy. I, I like what they're doing there. Yeah, my my, my I'm all in on them. Uh, Brandon, th- thoughts on, on Memphis? Uh, I just want to see Ja Morant crown some motherfuckers this year. Like, <laughs> seriously, like, I, I, some of the shit he was doing in preseason, good God. How is this guy? Like, what is he, 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, I've never that. seen uh, – say it again? I don't – is he that, is he even that tall? Six – I don't know, whatever, but he's 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 not a – Six six guard like Vince Carter, but this guy can absolutely fly. What an athlete, though, eh? Like yeah. amazing. Like I, I'll, I'll watch the games just to watch him play. Oh yeah, like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm phenomenal. Over, I'm all over NBA Twitter uh, for the John Moran highlights. I, I love it. Okay, second team that we'll talk, and we'll go the same order. We'll go to you, Chris, and then to Brandon. Now, the second team, in the Western Conference, I want to talk about that I think is is kind of lurking. Honestly, uh, are the Houston Rockets. Lurking in what? <laughs> in the swamp? In the no, swamp. Guys, they're gonna honestly, be they're gonna be the fifteenth. They're gonna be the worst team in the league. No, I disagree. I completely disagree. I, no, I, I honestly, honestly, and I'm not I'm not just saying this as a hot take guy on a podcast, and I'll probably be proven wrong, but I think they have a shot at like at the ten spot. I really do. Uh, mm, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by that pick. I, I don't so who do you have below them? Okay. Let me let me just put, let me pull up my notes here. Give it to you. Uh, Brandon, you're you disagreeing with me on this? I I'm gonna have to disagree. Yo, the Rockets are ass, bro. Like they just have like a bunch of young kids that are just balling. You know what I mean? Like it's there's no clear cut plan forward. There's no you know unless they try to tank like like OKC to get uh, Victor. But like okay, I don't right now, I don't see it, bro. Okay, right now Utah is worse, right? To me, Utah is a worse team. Okay, agreed, agreed. They're actively going to be worse. OKC is actively going to be worse. I don't know. Yo, yo, the Thunder weren't that bad last year. So that's now now we're there. Okay. And then do do you really realistically pick the Sacramento Kings? To be, yeah, to, to be that much better. Oh, easily. Oh, the Kings. I think the Kings are going to shock a lot of people. I think the Kings are like going to be pushing like 37, 38 wins this year. And San Antonio. Really? And, really? And, and, I got them, and I got them better than San Antonio. The so, Spurs will be better. The Spurs don't have as much talent, obviously, but they still have like great head coaching. And like the Spurs are always just like, they're, they're never that much of a bottom feeder. Like I foresee Houston being. Like Houston's like young, young pieces are really going to have to like just blow away expectations like i'm with you like i think utah just because they've like blown it up and i think the only thing that might save houston is that there's going to be like so many teams that are just going full tank and we don't know if houston's going to try it and go above that just slightly they decide to do that that's fine but what i'm saying is you cannot say that so if if utah's 15 i got utah 15 right they're the worst yeah in there OKC at fourteen because you know they're that they're, they're trying. That's the guy they want. They want to win Binyab and come and, and take and take all the other pieces out. So there right. you got that's right. now they're thirteenth. That right there. You're gonna say that they're touch and go for uh, with San Antonio. So I'm gonna put them above San Antonio. Put them at twelve, which means that they're they're in striking distance of the of of the ten spot. I'm just saying, guys. Like yeah, okay, I There's I can see where you're coming they, from. They have more talent than those teams. 
Kevin I can Porter see, Jr. I can see, yo, I can see where you're coming from, Jalen but Green. like, Sengun is a is a beast. You know, like I'm just saying, guys, don't 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 sleep on the Houston Rockets um, completely because they also have a very good coach. We can't we haven't seen him be able to be a good coach because he's been you know he came to coach Harden and Westbrook and then those guys were out the door before he could sit down. I'm telling you, I think this team's going to be surprise people. Yeah. Uh, I, well, you know and, what? And we can. Way, Chris, I your, could be eating. To your point. I'm sorry, Brandon, but I just got Chris to your point about the Sacramento yeah. Kings. You got them pushing that. Every year we say the Sacramento Kings have got to go. Oh, look at that talent. Oh, look at that. And every year the Kings are going to king. So I'm just saying. Well, again, I'm I'm a big uh, Keegan Murray guy. Uh, I think he's going to be right there with Banchero in like the rookie of the year race. And one of the, it's just Sacramento's one of those like teams where I'm just like, one of these years they're going to have to like get it. But again, this, <laughs> they might just kind of like back off. They might take their foot off the gas and just be like, hey, like there's this like all time like prospect waiting in the wings. And if we're ever going to like screw the pooch, maybe this is the season to do it wow. and just tank hard. And, and that's, again, that's another reason why I'm like so intrigued by this season. Like which team is just going to go full on tank? Which team is going to start uh, just giving away assets at the trade deadline to make themselves as much of a bottom feeder as possible to get Wemben Young? Yo, like I, that's I why like Houston, Utah, San Antonio, all yep. these teams, like yep. who's going to suck the best? <laughs> yeah, Yo, I, I guarantee that. There's gonna be like six or seven like tank commanders out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, because yo, like, talk about Victor Wembanyama for a second. This kid is on another planet. Like, I saw a picture of him standing next to Rudy Gobert, and he's like half yeah. a head taller. I'm like, this is, and he plays like a guard, bro. Like, this is insane. How is this possible? <laughs> he was he was constructed in the lab, man. He's you know. They 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 went and did a a, a twenty three and Me and they collected DNA samples from Giannis and LeBron and Steph and they were like let's see if we can just gene splice this together right yeah basketball. he's he's like he's like uh, a Mewtwo of basketball players <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> the o- the only thing that worries me about him and I, I'm sure someone else has made this correlation on social media but like with his size and he's not even like a traditional big man. Like this guy's out there on the perimeter. Like he's cutting to the basket, like he's shooting jumpers. Like it it kind of, it's to a lesser extent, but it reminds me of like the Greg Oden, Kevin Durant situation. Like is the number one pick going to go to Wembenyama all of a sudden? And we, we literally just saw an example of this with Chet Holmgren where like the guy got hurt just practicing. He's out for the year. And then the number two guy, which in this case would be in all likelihood, Scoot Henderson, becomes this like all world talent while Wembenyama is sitting on the bench more often than he's actually out there on the court. Now I, I pray to God that I'm wrong because like this guy truly is like a generational talent and this guy could become like, you know, instantly one of the faces of the league. I just worry about like his style of play combined with his size and the, fa- you know, he's going to have to get bigger and add some muscle, but I, but I really hope the guy stays healthy because he's so fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. When you when you put on that muscle too, that NBA muscle, because he's gonna get bullied, right, in the paint. But with that muscle, really does slow you down and add more wear and tear to your joints. Like it's it's insane how how hard it is. Like I, I when when I started working out and stuff, I got muscle pains and I don't like and joint pains, and I played basketball recreationally. Like imagine these guys practice game, practice game. Like it's really unfathomable as like regular human beings that we can't understand what these guys go through. No, you're, 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 you're both right. I think the, the thing, the key to him will be getting him on. And the problem with Holmgren um, is that Holmgren uh, was, and always, you know, even, even in college, his game is predicated on not, he's, he's tall, so I can shoot over smaller guys, but I'm not really a, a guy to go down and, and play against, you know, like we said, sweaty old men down in the, um, uh, in the paint, and his game was never really, really, really based on that. He came, he would go down, he would flash to the post, get a you know, get a get a, a quick jumper, turn around or whatever. But he's not really a traditional big. Yeah, he's like just, yo, Kev, uh, Victor can uh, Wembenyama can be uh, like a, a Kevin Durant type of player. That's you don't really see KD doing shit in the paint, so no, and he can back the guy down if he has to. But you're right, he's he's more no. I think that's I think that's the mold. But even even Durant had to go and put on a little bit of weight before he could really, really kind of do it. Now, does it take away from some of the explosiveness? Maybe. He's also, what, how old is he? Is he 18, 19? Uh, 18, I think, now. 
Yeah, so if he's there, he's, he's going to have to put, listen, he's going to have a, a delicious shake for breakfast and a delicious shake for lunch and, uh, and you know, protein shakes. And then, uh, you know, hit the, he's going to have to like, he's literally going to have to build his body up to, to be there. But I think, I think you're right. Um, the only thing that's, the, the, the only good thing, uh, to Chris, to your point about, about keeping healthy is the European game is just different. Like one, the game is more perimeter oriented and two, they don't, they they don't have the same grind and travel that a, even even a U.S. college team has, right? So we're going to see a little more preservation, I think. Um, yeah. Final thoughts uh, from you, Chris, about the season. Uh, I'm just—it's funny as you say this. I'm looking over like uh, one of my one of my good friends, Josh Eberly, on Twitter. Uh, follow him at Josh Eberly. He just posted like some Eastern Conference standings predictions in terms of like where he foresees everyone finishing in the, in, the, in the standings, of course. And I'm just trying to like internally digest like where I have certain teams finishing right now and like what like an ideal spot for the Toronto Raptors would be. And I still have them like a fourth or fifth seed. Like, just similar to what they were last season. But, again, it's like, where do you kind of have, like, the Heat, who I think, yeah, they were, like, the first team in the East last year. Like, they, they finished were. with the best record. And, like, they could easily fall down to, like, sixth or seventh because Brooklyn is on the come up. Atlanta got better. Uh, Chicago's still there. Cleveland got Mitchell. Like, it, it's it's blowing my mind, like, how – because the East used to be, like, the joke of the league. Yeah. Like, it was basically the Western Conference or bust because they had, like, 10 teams go deep. Now it's, like, the complete opposite. It's the opposite, where the yeah. the East is loaded. And, yeah. you, know, d- you know, the West still, you know, Kawhi is going to come back and Denver, you know, is getting, like, Porter Jr. and Murray back and what have you. But, like, the East is so strong. And I just it, – it's been so long since it's been like this. And uh, that's why I'm, like, whoever emerges from the East – is probably going to win the championship because they're going to be battle tested and they're going to be going through the ringer and, and walking. They're going to be smelling like smoke because they walked through fire to get to the NBA finals. And again, this season is going to be so great. I'm looking forward to, to next Wednesday when the Cleveland Cavaliers are in town to take on the Raptors. And uh, I, I was before we started the podcast here, I was looking at the schedule that the Raptors have for like the first seven games of the season. And it makes me want to cry. Yeah. Like, I see. Cleveland, Brooklyn, Miami, Miami, Philly, Philly, Atlanta. Well, like, it's a good barometer to see where we're at, right? If they can go four and three throughout that, or even better, man, all the power to Toronto because that is a death knell of a stretch. Yes, yeah. it is. It is a gauntlet to start off, but I, but if you look at it and you look and you go past the opening of that too, realistically, if you play in the Eastern Conference, you know seven out of ten nights you are you are playing a team that is is at, that is close to you. Maybe it's a little bit better than you. Maybe it's a touch, you know. But I think you're gonna see a lot of close games. I think you're gonna see a lot of East Eastern Conference close games at the start. I really do. Uh, Brandon, last yeah. uh, last word on the season. Uh, I just hope everybody has fun, guys. Come on. <laughs> no, um, this kumbaya spoken like the, shit. Spoken like <laughs> the, dad, you're, the soon to be dad you are. No, no, no. I uh, I actually want to see posterizing dunks i want to see game winning buzzer beaters i want to see i want to see guys scrapping like yo it, i you know i watched a little bit of hockey the past few years and i'm not going to talk about the maple leafs because that that will set me on a whole other tangent but like yo get physical with people this goes for all teams not just like but especially the raptors because we have we're not known as like the toughest team right but yo, don't get punked off, bro. Like, yo, do something. Yeah. Okay. I see where you're going with it. I see I, I, I want to see the competitiveness. Yeah. I need uh, I just need to get it flowing. Look, I've been out of the basketball world for too long. I haven't played a game since like 2022 or 21, sorry. I need to do something. You know what I mean? I need my juices to get flowing. Let's go. All right. And I, I think it's coming, man. I think it's coming. We got um, three days. Three days, right? Yeah. Chris, we end every show, um, and listeners know, we end every show with a segment called Say It With Your Chest. Um, it's something where, you know, you want to just, like, put a stamp on it. And it can be about basketball. It can be non-basketball. It can be political things. I just I have one thing uh, I want to end this with, and I think you guys – I can pretty guarantee, much guarantee that you guys are going to be on board with this. It has been we, – we, we did half a season where we ended every show with the following uh, statement where we said, bring the time to bring Brittany Griner home. That has still not happened. Her 32nd birthday is coming up soon, and she will spend that in prison in Russia for what are only now 
realistically, political reasons. So it is time. I don't know how. I'm not a political expert. I am not uh, a person who knows foreign affairs all that well. But I'll be honest with you. It is time for Brittany Griner to come home. I don't care if you have to trade this guy for that guy, NBA style. I'm sure the trade machine on on uh, on somewhere can work out a, a reasonable deal. But this has to be done because she missed an entire season of the WNBA. She has missed, more importantly, she has missed significant time with her family and her mental health state from the last thing that I heard and read is that she is she's getting to the point of hopelessness. She doesn't actually believe she's ever going to be coming home. And that's a terrible and scary place to be. So I think I can say this on behalf of um, myself and uh, Brandon and hopefully you too, Chris. It's just time. It's just time. This is this is this story is is, is beyond sad. It's time to bring Brittany Griner home. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Okay, guys. Season three, episode one is in the books. Uh, Brandon, as always, uh, you know, thanks so much and uh, congrats. On, Thank you. On Thank edition. you. Anytime soon, uh, you know, that'd be great. Uh, Chris, thank you for joining us. Uh, hopefully you'll uh, you'll be able to come back and do this again soon. Dave, Brandon, again, it was a pleasure. Uh, truly honored to be a part of your podcast. And again, like I said, uh, again, I, I love doing these these types of shows, uh, just like shooting the shit about basketball. I, I feel like I've done a lot of professional wrestling content lately, so it's nice <laughs> to dive back in uh, to basketball again. But yeah, uh, wishing you guys all the best. Again, Brandon, congratulations on, on your on your having your kid. And Thank uh, you. And likewise, you're, you're getting are... married soon, right? In yeah, in December. in December. Yeah, we're yeah, going man, to yeah, uh, Disney World. Yeah, to get married, and uh, just uh, again with with COVID still kind of a thing, and and me suffering from a cold, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna be locking myself in a hazmat suit for like the month of November. I'm not getting any germs infiltrating this. No, yeah, stay body because I'm not risking that wedding. Let me tell you. Yeah, stay great. healthy, bro. Stay healthy. That is that's uh, that's great. That's great, guys. So again, uh, that's it. Uh, episode one, season three. We're out. All right, later. Well, that's the show for this week. We really hope you like it and uh, tune into the games. Starting Wednesday, the Raptor season is back, and we will be all over that this season. As usual, and as we mentioned in the episode, please go to whitehouse.gov. Go uh, get on Twitter. There's so many places you can find it. Let's bring Brittany Griner home. It's well past time. If you like our show, please like, share, subscribe wherever you get your podcast Spotify is a great spot for that. Want to thank neighbor Brandon and congratulations to him and his growing family and Chris Walder and congratulations to him and his soon to be wife. So congratulations all around. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll see you again in seven days. <laughs>